0: This is Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams, America's top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, both of them. One from California, one from Massachusetts. You can only guess what will happen next. Coast to Coast is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coast to Coast on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi in Massachusetts.
2: And I'm Craig Williams in Southern California. I write a blog called May It Please the
1: Court, and Bob. And I write a blog called Law Sites, another one called Media Law, and also write Legal Blog Watch on Law.com. Uh, well, Craig, the days of having to sit in a stuffy classroom to attend a continuing legal education program are over. With the popularity of the internet, online classes have been uh, become accessible to many lawyers.
2: Well, online CLE is continuing legal education for those listeners who uh, aren't lawyers. But many attorneys want to take classes and don't have the time to attend uh, or travel to seminars, so they can take online credit.
1: That's right. Uh, Law.com's CLE Center, for example, is a leading provider of online uh, continuing legal education programs and uh, can qualify for CLE credit in more than 25 states.
2: Online CLE can fit into any lawyer's schedule, provided you don't need to sleep, that is, sometimes. But um, how popular is Online CLE and is Online CLE working?
1: Well, we're going to talk about that today with two guests. Uh, First of all, let me introduce Brian Emerson. Brian is head of Online CLE for Law.com. Prior to joining Law.com, he was vice president uh, global Class Solutions for Borland Software Corporation and Director of E-Business Solutions for the Los Angeles office of Deloitte & Tush. Welcome to the show, Brian.
3: Hey, good morning, guys.
2: We also have from the American Bar Association Sealy Center, we, we welcome Peter Glowacki. Peter is the Director of the ABA Center for Continuing Legal Education, which produces over 200 titles annually using a combination of educational delivery techniques, from in-person to distance learning methods, and with more than six years of experience in CLE production and MCLE nationally, Peter has helped support the ABA Standing Committee on CLE's initiatives to improve the profession, and he's also an author of a book called E-Learning for Law Firms.
4: Welcome to the show, Peter. Good morning, guys.
1: Uh, Brian, let's start with you, and I wonder if you could just start by telling us uh, how uh, what's how popular is online CLE? What are the numbers looking like? How many lawyers are using this?
3: Um, o- online CLE, uh, we believe, is becoming very, very popular. Uh, in terms of you know the growth that we're seeing uh, from year to year, uh, we're growing our um, population um, base um, by you know roughly 25 to 35 f- uh, percent every year. Um, what's interesting about the whole CLE business is that, uh, of course. Uh, For many states, it's not an every year requirement, so uh, it's difficult to uh, really gauge sometimes um, how many new customers you're getting because you're kind of having to go after the uh, same customers every uh, three years in many cases instead of every year.
1: I'm in Massachusetts, which has no CLE, no continuing legal education requirement, so
3: Correct. Many many states don't have a, a CLE re, uh, requirement, and many states uh, uh, so far don't allow online CLE uh, to be taken.
2: How many states don't
3: allow online CLE to be taken? Uh, I believe currently there are over 20 states that will not allow uh, online CLE com- component.
2: And how many st- that? I guess the the next question is how many states don't have MCLE credits at all.
4: This is Pete. At this point, there are, uh, well, there will be 43 jurisdictions that will have MCLE requirements. A couple of them are uh, actually in the process of reviewing their current requirements, which are either adopting online CLE as either... uh, a subset of one of their other requirements, such as self-study, if they accredit it in that fashion, or are, like Illinois, which just recently uh, became a mandatory jurisdiction, or actually, I'm sorry, a minimum jurisdiction, um, are accrediting the format as well, too. So it's constantly changing and evolving within the jurisdiction. So uh, it's hard to say and kind of put a finger on if... Uh, if they don't accredit it at this point, or uh, do they create some exceptions, Uh, which some jurisdictions also do as well, too, if their attorneys are located physically outside the jurisdiction.
2: Well, Peter, in California, as you probably know, lawyers are required to take uh, 12 hours of MCLE a year, 36 in three years. So for states like where Bob is, uh, do you get very many lawyers taking uh, online MCLE? In fact, did you check your records and see whether Bob has any?
4: I didn't get a chance uh before the program to check if Bob had participated in any ABA offerings. But uh one thing that we have found and prior to, uh for example with Illinois prior to them going mandatory or minimum. I keep uh using that mandatory phrase. But uh prior to them going minimum, Illinois, for example, was one of our largest uh markets in terms of uh attorneys participating in programming, which uh kind of supported a one of the committees uh thoughts in terms of the importance of CLE, that it is a key to the successful practice of uh, one.
1: Well, Brian, let me ask you, I wonder, why would a state uh, be reluctant to license online CLE for its attorneys? I mean, are are there drawbacks to online CLE that that state bars see? I
3: I think there's really two reasons why... um, um, States become reluctant to certify for online CLE. Uh, one, uh, I truly believe, is um, uh, really a reluctance on on their part to uh, trust attorneys in a in a situation that's not uh, controlled by by you know one person or a group of person that has accountability.
1: Is that an attendance issue that you're talking about?
3: That, that's really an attendance issue um it's it's really for the for the same reason that a lot of places you know outside of uh self study will not allow uh uh, uh CLE on on other media uh such as you know cassette tape uh CDs and and uh, and other things they 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 really want to make sure that there's somebody accountable for uh, making sure that the entire program has been reviewed and and that uh there uh there are course materials available uh, and such.
4: Uh, this is my experience has been that for some of the jurisdictions, it's actually been an education process for them as well too, as they're struggling with the terminology that is being used by many providers, from webcasting to webinars to uh, teleseminars that have a webcast component to them. Uh, they're trying to get a grasp around what the different things mean at this point. And uh, as they're becoming more and more familiar, as more and more people are using it, they are uh, asking better questions, figuring out how it meets their objectives and goals. But uh, in terms of, you know, what some of the, the major uh I guess, areas that they're uh, facing, it's, it goes back to the root of when they were looking at and developing the rules where they make a distinction, I think, as Brian just mentioned, between some jurisdictions like California, which accredit all formats and have always had the, uh, basically opened a door to self-study uh, to other jurisdictions where they've limited to uh, in-person type uh, live transmissions, and that's where you know some of the education needs to take place. What are the merits of each of the formats? Well,
1: apart from the uh, regulation issue, what, from, from a consumer point of view, and by consumers here I mean lawyers looking to buy online CLE, what, uh, what is an effective format? What should they be looking for in selecting uh, an online CLE provider or course?
3: I mean, we, we've really formatted our offering uh, around uh, making it as easy as possible for the lawyer to get. You know, two things. One is the content on demand uh, in a format that they're used to. Uh, ours uh, is a format really that duplicates. You know, using a, a VCR or a TiVo. Uh, you go online, you can watch the program, you can stop the program, uh, you can come back to it any time, it'll come back exactly in the place where you left it. It actually uh, saves that, that spot for you. Um, we also make sure that all of the uh, uh, written documentation, uh, documentation is in a format uh, that's there that's easy for them uh, um, uh, to get it, printed out, look at it online. Uh, as well as uh, a feedback mechanism. So if they have questions, that we can route those questions to uh, either um, the um, people who developed the course or through some legal experts that we have on staff.
1: So it sounds like you're trying to replicate the r- the real-life experience as much as you can.
3: That's that's exactly that's exactly right. We we don't want uh, our experience to be you know much different from you know the ability to go to the class. We just want to actually you know make it easier and more efficient for the attorney.
2: Does online CLE cost less or more than uh, attending an actual in person seminar?
3: You know, that really depends on the provider. Um I know that uh in, in many cases, in our case, uh, you know, our, our prices are are very competitive when, when compared to uh, uh to offline in person courses, especially when you take into effect uh the travel cost uh or uh the the, the uh scheduling challenges that you might have uh, to make an in person uh course.
4: And this is, Pete, some of the things that we do at the ABA in terms of uh, we actually offer a host of complimentary programs to folks that are um, not part of the association, and then also an additional library that's available to members, and then finally also is uh, similar to some other providers, fee-based programs. So there's a, a, there's a range of offerings in terms, of, uh, and the costs vary, uh, I think, depending on the initiative, the content. and uh, you know what are the features and topic that are being covered.
1: But is it is it a safe bet for a lawyer looking to buy online CLE that if the program has been certified by his or her state bar that it's that it's
3: uh,
1: a quality program?
3: I, I- again yeah, i mean i can only speak to you know my own programs and some of the the larger pro- providers that are out there uh, but a lot of these uh programs are uh are actually uh pre-recorded uh um in-person seminars that have been done you know at, at great cost i might i might add uh and tend to be you know very high quality uh programming uh, i mean i'm sure that there there are uh, you know providers out there i mean um that you know, may have a lower quality program. But I from, from what I've seen from myself and and you know e even, even through my competitors, uh I have seen, you know, uh, great programming that's pr- been provided by state bar associations or, or other people that are in the uh the C L E content providing business.
4: Uh my experience and once again speaking from my experience, this is Pete, uh has been that, you know, the state's do quite a bit of review of the programs, the formats, and so forth to uh, make sure that they are meeting minimum standards that they've set. So, uh, you know, that is, I think, by being an accredited provider, having a reputation uh, as a uh, source for professional development, those are some key factors that can help attorneys uh, see, you know, see these as valuable resources to help with your practice
2: how do you go about evaluating the quality of uh, what's in a, a seminar based on a you know, fairly short description that's uh... listed on a website
4: well our review includes the materials there's certain standards that uh... when you need we go through with the jurisdictions on actually reviewing the materials for the courses and based on that uh, some of the jurisdictions have then pre, have pre-approved status because they they've uh, know that these are the standards we adhere to, and uh, that is you know one of the keys to making sure the courses are uh, basically once again up to a high standard.
3: Were you talking about a review as a CLE provider or a review as an attorney looking for content?
2: Review as an attorney looking for content. I mean, I'm, you know, you're surfing the web and you find you run across a, an, an MCLE uh, style offering and then you you know you have a paragraph or so do you evaluate what's in it before you spend uh you know whatever amount of money you're going to spend on a on a CLE seminar
3: um correct a lot of times it's it's really more than than a paragraph i i know on on our site as well as you know um several other sites uh you'll have uh, a description of the course you'll have uh generally some some bios of uh the um the uh, course, uh, who's ever actually speaking in the course, uh, as well as a description of the uh, any written materials that that come with the course. Um, so uh, generally, with, with with any CLE course, whether it's online or, or offline, uh, you're basically presented with an abstract, uh, a course this, um, uh, description, as well as a description of of uh, course materials. Uh, in a lot of cases, because these are uh, repackaged from uh, in-person seminars uh if you have uh particular uh, affinity to uh, uh one group who's putting on on seminars or uh um, a specific uh, speaker uh, you, you're usually able to search by that on on websites
4: And one of the other things we're noticing as well, too, uh, is similar to the Amazon experience, customer reviews. Since many of these courses are based off of a live transmission or live program at some point, the uh, programs are starting to include customer feedback immediate from the live session, which I think is also a great source of uh, seeing if the program meets your needs.
1: Well, Brian, you talked about the fact that uh, your programs are structured so that somebody can watch a little bit, uh, stop, and do something else, and come back to the program at a later time and pick up where they left off. Uh, that seems to be uh, uh, one of the big advantages of of online CLE is is the convenience factor. Uh, but what what are, what are some of the others? I mean, w- why would a lawyer want to do online CLE as opposed to live CLE? Well,
3: beyond just the convenience of being able to, you know. Come come back to it uh, whenever you want. There's also really the the scheduling aspect of it. Um, you know, import in-person, in-person courses uh, force you to block off uh, a piece of time that that may not be on your schedule. It's obviously on the course provider's schedule, uh, and uh, actually physically uh, get to there. So there's there's there could be travel time. Uh, there's obviously uh, time that's going to have to uh, be spent through you know participating in the entire class. Uh, and the the scheduling conflicts that you might have to to uh, get around that uh, obviously uh, are important um The second thing is uh the ability to um, uh, watch material over and over and over again uh for as much as you like uh and 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 having the ability to uh, uh go back to the, the written material, have, have that there, uh, and uh, uh, have that, uh, that, that coursework uh, there, almost you know like a, like a videotape.
4: This is Pete. One of the other things of the online, uh, we've been talking about kind of the pre-recorded the playback control like a VCR, but also some of the other models of online CLE include highly interactive courses where they may have scenarios and so forth, and then based on the individual's response, they are customized with a feedback mechanism. So the course is not, customized for that individual based on their level of experience. So that is one thing that we at the ABA have found is that uh, the online environment has really allowed the end user to self-select what they need when they need it and blend that in with their other training and professional development.
2: What do you find the uh, number one complaint from your uh, listeners or your the people that participate in your programs, lawyers and judges and so forth? What what is their concern?
4: Uh, this is Pete with the. I can once again speak from our perspective. Uh, questions still regarding MCLe because of the different terminology that is being used. Uh, so that is, I wouldn't say it's a complaint, but it's confusion.
2: Brian, what do
3: you see? Um, when the the biggest um you know complaints that that we hear are two things one is you know how how do i i ensure that um my compliance will be taken by my state uh and the second is um you know it it for for people who are not used to new technology um you know sometimes it is you know basic uh computer things you know whether it's you know uh, how do I control the, the interface or, you know, even sometimes how do I, how do I get to your, to your website to be able to uh, take advantage of your service? Well, for us right now, it's time for a short break.
2: We'll be right back with Brian Emerson and Pete Kalowacki to discuss the future of online CLE.
0: We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, Megan Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription. To one of our practice center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Coast to Coast is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email.
4: If you have a comment or question we want to hear from you, leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show.
0: A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video-opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com.
2: Welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm Craig Williams.
4: And
1: this is Bob Ambrogi.
2: Today we're discussing online CLE, and we're i going to turn at this point and see if we can talk about the future trends in online CLE. Joining us is Brian Emerson, head of the online CLE program for Law.com, and Pete Kloacki from the AVA Center for Continuing Legal Education. Welcome back, Brian and Pete. Thank you. Let's talk about what kind of future trends uh, are out there in online uh, CLE. It seems that uh, probably one of the next ones is going to be CLE podcasting.
3: Um, I... I you know, through webcasting and podcasting are, are things uh, that you're already seeing in the C L E space. I what what I really think uh the next trend is gonna be really the the the, the delivery system, you know, in terms of actually moving C L E down to portable devices and having online C L E augment the ability to uh you know uh consume C L E content, you know, on your on your trio, on iPods. I mean C L E centers is you know, one of the things that we're kind of famous for is, you know, sending out an iPod with all of our orders. And, and part of that is because, it, yeah, hey, it makes a great gift uh, to attorneys that are, are taking CLE courses. But we're also doing that um, really to seed the market uh, uh, for the future so that, um, you know, because that's where we believe um, that as uh, state bar associations catch up with, um, you know, uh, self-service requirements, um, that that uh, we'll be able to deliver CLE down to, you know, trios, iPods, uh, cars are now coming with hard disks. Um, you know, with uh, uh, so many people having long commutes, uh, the ability to actually um, deliver CLE down to you know a personal device level is uh, what we think is really important.
4: I think, as Brian noted, uh, what we're observing is people are working much harder. Days are much longer, and the need for information is much greater. And so for us to be able to, through portable devices as the Internet and podcasting and all the technology improves, uh, the more we can do to bring it into the hands of folks when they need it, such as with, you know, downloading it to their their phones, uh, the more the more that we can do for the profession so that they can better assist their clients. And one thing that we're seeing as a new trend is actually one step beyond just making it portable, which is individual segments of courses, but how is this all being blended together with uh, curriculums that the firms develop? Uh, you may have you know, a, a department that's focused on oh, antitrust law, and they've got attorneys that they're trying to train, and some may need basics, basic pieces. What is the Robinson-Patman Act? While others may need the entire curriculum when that has to do, they're going to need those basic segments that might be available on an iPod, on a trio, on their cell phone, but also a course that they may be doing as a workshop that department head's leading, or a uh, provider is leading, and it's it's kind of a homework assignment. You know, they need to have that piece before they can jump into the, the rest of the course.
1: So you're talking about law firm coordination and, and customization.
4: Law firms, bar associations, depending, uh, I guess, on the organization and what the resources that they have available. So it kind of runs the gambit. But that is uh, something that we've seen in other industries, and it's migrating over to this to this profession as well.
3: Peter's definitely correct. One of the most underserved uh, portions of the you know, CLE and online uh, CLA market uh, is really uh, what we call enterprise cle the ability... Uh, to create CLE products that work not uh, only for individuals, which is where really CLE, uh, we, we do a great job now, but uh, the ability to work uh, on CLE, you know, both management as well as curriculum development on an enterprise level.
1: What about, the, what about interactivity? I mean, one of the strengths, obviously, of live CLE is, is this ability to interact with the presenters and the audience and it, it it seemed to me that the earlier days of CLE of online CLE almost did more to try and preserve that that interaction than than some more more contemporary offerings. And from what you're talking about, it seems like you're moving even farther away from the ability to to interact. At least if you're talking about portable presentations.
4: Well, the interaction uh, changes, I, I guess. Depending on the specific objectives of those segments. What you're starting to see now is things become, uh, you'll hear a term modules quite a bit be used. This scenario, that, that presentation may be a module part of a larger curriculum. So the interactivity shifts to other areas. And it really becomes menu driven based on the individual user's need.
2: Do you find that more people are starting to pull down uh, portable style? Cle credits, or are they participating in active webinars um, where there's you know
3: live presentations? We we've had success uh, with our webinars. We run you know uh, four four webinars a week, and we have success there. Uh, for um, a lot of our webinars, in terms of you know kind of bringing back kind of some of the community aspects of of uh, cle, uh, we have noticed that you know part of part of the biggest part of our webinar is really uh, both the, the interactive chat that occurs between the members as well as the Q&A uh, sessions. Uh, and I, I think that you're right. I think that people do like uh, kind of that, the communal aspect of, of uh, in-person CLE, and that's one of the things that really hasn't translated beyond uh, webcasting uh, very well to the online world.
4: And the one thing we've also noticed was there's something about having a uh, program slated at a particular time, given how busy people's schedules are these days, that uh, there's a strong appeal to committing that hour, that two hour period. I know I'm going to be focused on this at that point in time. We've seen growth in our, what I consider our self study, our archive versions of programming, uh, but uh, there's still a strong push for the live programming.
1: All right, well we're we're uh, just about out of time, but before we do that, we want to give uh, each of you an opportunity to to offer some final thoughts and tell us how we how our, our listeners can find out more about what you are doing in terms of online CLE. So Brian, let's let's start with you.
3: Uh well we are at clecenter.com. We're part of uh, uh law.com. Um, I guess uh one of the the biggest things on our product uh are the uh uh, the ability to go look through any of our courses, uh, see an abstract on any of the course. We bundle some of our courses. We find that a lot of our uh, our customers come in and they're strictly looking for compliance, and they find that uh, our bundles are an easy way to get all of the courses that they need for their state uh, and get them done uh, very quickly.
1: Thank you, Pete. Final thoughts, and where can our listeners find out more about what you're offering?
4: Uh, we're located at www.abanet.org forward slash CLE. We have a host of offerings in a variety of formats from live in person to podcasts to uh, webcasts and so forth. So uh, there's something there that is probably right for each individual to try. And there's a lot of complimentary offerings as well, too, so they, they can get a feel for the different formats. Um, We have a couple of uh, upcoming programs focused on e-learning for law firms Uh, on October 19th. We'll be doing a teleconference webinar, so I invite folks to participate in that. And uh, we'll have actually an announcement next week about uh, one of our podcast initiatives, so I encourage people to come back to the site and get the details on that.
1: We'll watch for that. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your participating, and uh, good talking to you. Thanks, guys. Thank
2: you. And Bob, I guess
0: that's going to wrap
1: it up for Coast to Coast this week. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Same here, Craig. Look forward to talking to you next
0: week. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast with Robert Ambroji and J. Craig Williams. Coast to Coast has been sponsored by Law.com. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network.